everybody, your buddy Basil here, and welcome to Canary Cry Radio. We're back. Back in action, eh, Gons? Back in action, even though I we've think, been in action. Yeah, we're in, we're in action. We're actionable fellows. I hope you guys enjoyed this next episode here coming up. We have Titus Frost, awesome YouTuber. Check it out. You've got some updates for us in regards to the Pizzagate deal. Now, I know what you're thinking. Maybe you're tired of hearing about it. You think you know everything. Trust me, you do not. And, you know, it's 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 kind of disappeared from the, the main conversation. So I'm glad that we got it back. That being said, um, what do we got? I guess uh, there, there's we've had a few people leave some awesome uh, ratings and reviews on Facebook and on iTunes and uh, all over the place there. I want you guys to know that that's really helping us out. So if you have not done it yet, and I know that there are many of you who have not, make sure to leave a rating and review on your uh, whatever you listen to us on. Make sure to share it out to your friends. This is uh, an important conversation to bring back into the limelight. Um, we, it's been a few months, actually, since the Pizzagate thing really was hitting hard. Uh, but it's this is the sort of thing that we can't ignore. So make sure to do that. All right. If you guys want to help fund Canary Cry Radio, if you want to give, if you feel led to support the project, uh, you can go to canarycryradio.com, go to the support page and uh, give a one-time donation there or even sign up. Sign up as a monthly donator and um, that will just help us out so, so much. All right, guys, am I forgetting anything? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, other than we have been publishing Canary Cry News Talk every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you are wondering why are Basil and Gons not doing anything, it's because you're not paying attention. We're doing Canary Cry News Talk, an awesome new show uh, where Gons and I get together on Mondays or Tuesdays and we talk about the latest news that's coming out. We kind of dissect what's going on, how it relates to the rest of the world, and of course, the truth. So you need to subscribe to Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, totally different show, totally different stream. Go do that. Go do it right now. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be upset about it. You're actually gonna be pretty stoked. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get into it. All right. It might be pertinent to point out here that Hillary and Bill Clinton have a laundry list of cohorts and associates that have been busted for child trafficking or pedophilia. First, we have Laura Silsby, former director of the New Life Children's Refuge, was caught trying to steal 33 children. Next up is Jeffrey Epstein, another very interesting character in this whole thing. In 2008, Epstein was convicted of soliciting sex from an underage girl and quietly paid settlements to scores of alleged victims. Several women have come out since then claiming that Epstein and his powerful network of friends have continually trafficked children for sex on his private island in St. Thomas. Jeffrey Epstein's now famous little black book, recovered by Epstein's house manager, reads like a who's who of political and social elite. Former President Bill Clinton, President-elect Donald Trump, and Prince Andrew all hitched rides on Epstein's private planes and visited his private island. And then we have Christopher Cloman, convicted pedophile, who, according to the Washington Post, molested girls less than 10 times from 
1966 to 1985. And then there's Anthony Weiner, former member of the United States House of Representatives, involved in three sexual scandals related to sexting or sending explicit material by his phone. Weiner's now ex-wife, Huma Abedin, is once again a close confidant and Hillary Clinton's once top aide. And then, of course, there's Denny Haster, the 51st Speaker of the House of Representatives and the longest Republican to hold the post, also a convicted pedophile, busted in the 70s for child molestation. Another very interesting connection to the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation is Monica Peterson. Monica Peterson was the assistant director at the Human Trafficking Center who worked in Haiti, and it has been claimed that she had been highly critical of the Clinton Foundation and their possible role in child trafficking. You know, the reality here is that what Pizzagate uncovered is a network of people, and there have been more than 1,000 human trafficking and child trafficking-related arrests. There have been more than 1,000 since Donald Trump was sworn in. And during the course of a full year, that's about how many people the Obama administration arrested over these crimes. I saw that email on WikiLeaks, I think it was Tony Potter, that said, I'd like pizza for an hour. What? You time your pizza? This sounds really gross. And then I went, ah, probably prostitutes. Spirit cooking. Uh, it's just a fancy artist that boring people, politicians, you know, it's Hollywood for ugly people. They want to be around glamorous artists. So that's what spirit cooking is. And Pizzagate's a myth. But I'm starting to have second thoughts. I'm starting to think that it's possible that Pizzagate, Comet Pizza, isn't a myth. And that it's some sort of database that lists all this child sex scandal around the world. Maybe they all communicate there and exchange videos or... This is Canary Cry Radio. Hey everybody and welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 115. Yes, not as high a number as I would have hoped. Especially since 100 was over a year ago. Yeah, well, you know, quality, not quantity. I suppose, yes. Um. Our Bible records of an ancient time when rebellious watchers decided to form a pact and break the divine order of creation by mating with the daughters of men. And as a result, a race of giants were born. The Bible calls them the Nephilim. And this paradigm outlined in the first book of Enoch, as well as by Jesus and other New Testament authors, not directly, but indirectly, uh, gets ignored by the church a lot. But it gives us, for those of us who are aware of this, paradigm a unique perspective about the modern day and what the elite or what we call the illuminati or the new world order whatever you want to call them what their mentality is and what they believe and what shapes their worldview and part of what they do in their nefarious activity involves things that are pretty shameful to speak of in public and that's been the case here with this whole pizzagate thing i know a lot of folks seem to either be totally sick of the topic or have been keeping track um, with the latest stuff with Hillary Clinton and the tweet and all this. We'll get into that. We wanted to bring on Titus Frost, YouTuber. Uh, He's been tracking this. Titus, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on tonight. Absolutely. And thanks for coming on the show. Um, You know, good on you for staying on this and sticking with the story for so long. I've noticed that it's by and large has sort of disappeared from the, you know, all the hubbub of at least least Facebook. And, you know, it's, it's interesting for such a diabolical 
uh, topic or theme. You know, it stuck around for quite a while. We did a few episodes uh, it, that involved it, and yet it, it just like everything else, kind of seemed to slip away a little bit. Well, um, let me say this though, because Basil, you were you were a, a traveling. You were you were like away. So there's, I think I was, that has something to do with it a little bit, but I, I, I know t- testing a new invention. Sure. Uh, and so what I noticed uh, in Titus, we can get into the, you know, more details, but what I've noticed is that there have actually been kind of an explosion of truthers in terms of looking at this topic, um, both in alternative social media sites and especially YouTube. I'm finding all these people that I've never heard of talk about Pizzagate and making videos and stuff like that. I don't know. What has your perspective been? Obviously, you've been in the uh, the nitty gritty of it all. Well, looking just at a pure like statistical analytics of it, it has died down quite a bit. Um, the views and stuff like that on all the videos and things that you publish, like uh, for instance, yesterday I published uh, basically what I consider to be the smoking gun evidence that they found child porn on the uh, Comet Ping Pong website. And I posted the emails that were sent with the child porn data to the D.C. police, which has also been forwarded to Attorney General Sessions, uh, the DHS, the FBI, and all that. I also posted the information about how the hacker has been under threats. He's had his truck totaled and all that. And that video got like, you know, 40,000 views or something like that. And other videos I've done in the past, just looking at like more, you know, meaningless sort of symbolic analysis of things gets like, you know, 70,000 views back in December. So it has died down in terms of like your average person looking at it. Right. But in terms of truthers, I think it's brought a whole new group of people to the YouTube community. There's like that channel, you know, really graceful. There's like a whole bunch of different new truthers that have sort of emerged because of this. And there's a whole bunch of people from like the Reddit and vote community that do a lot of, you know, research and stuff like that. I think it might sort of start a whole new genre of open source investigations into these types of scandals. You know, it's interesting. We're kind of in an age where a lot of truthers are waking up kind of all over the place. I mean, the, the, Pizzagate, I think, was kind of the beginning, and that included all the uh, the Hillary Clinton emails, and now with all the Trump nonsense, you know, uh, Hillary with the emails, which included Pizzagate uh, evidence or at least leads, um, you know, it seems that that's started a big awakening to the fact that there are things out there that we don't know about that other, you know, that these high level uh, people do. And it seems like that's been a real awakening um, kind of across the board from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also shown people that this has been going on for a very long time. This isn't, you know, limited to just Comet, Ping Pong and Pizza and all that. So I just showed in part two, you know, there's another pizza shop just in Philadelphia that's directly connected to all this because of the stuff they were posting. That same girl that was like taped down to the table is there in a pizza slut shirt. You have the connections to London. You have the connections to Haiti with Laura Silsby. You have the, and in the next section in part three, I'm going to release, I've been researching the connections to like NATO, the rat lines over in Europe, the connections to the Vatican, 
Um, and then just the, the past of the Pope and like his time in Argentina, like and all the stuff that took place down there. It's just once you start looking into this stuff, it's like a never ending rabbit hole, of just gross, just disgusting behavior by the people that, you know, are highlighted as, you know, the elite, even though they're really just the powers that shouldn't be. Right. That That's a great term. Holy smokes. Um, now, okay, j- just because we've mentioned it a few times here, and I don't think we uh, have talked about it. What's the, the, you've got a YouTube channel. What's the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, it's Titus Frost. Titus Frost. And uh, you have been publishing um, some extended documentaries on Pizzagate. Yeah, I have part one and part two are now over two hours long each. Wow, what what are they called? Just you know, for for inevitably when people want to go watch them. Oh yeah, you just uh, PizzaGate the unanswered questions documentary, and then you just like part one and part two. Right. And okay. Should be pretty easy. And if anyone has like a YouTube channel out there that wants to mirror them or anything like that, I never hit anyone with copyright, so anyone can mirror whatever they want out of it. Yeah, which is probably a good idea because this is the sort of thing that'll start dropping if, uh, you know, the right people are pushing the right buttons. Uh, Yeah, the first full length documentary I did on this back in, I think it was like December, that one did get removed by YouTube for quote unquote inappropriate content. And interestingly, they didn't give me the option of like appealing it because they didn't give me a strike on my account. So they just removed the video, but didn't give me a strike. So I couldn't appeal the removal of my video. Wow. Interesting. There's sneaky, sneaky, sneaky bureaucracy over there at the YouTubes. <laughs> yeah, which is why that's why I've switched over to using two other alternative platforms, which is uh, VidMe and uh, BitChute. And I just think like as time goes on, we're not going to be able to speak the truth, especially, I think, you know, the type of stuff that Gons and you guys talk about, the more religious sort of spiritual aspect of these types of things, they're going to absolutely censor that off of any sort of mainstream channel. So I think it's time that we start building up any alternatives just so that, you know, if they sh- kill us off YouTube, we're over here and over here and over here. So they have to go platform by a time and try to remove us instead of just killing us all by removing us from like one platform. And support supporting the alternative platforms is going to be huge. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, there was voting, then there was voting with your dollars, and now there's voting with your views, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, good, good. Now, uh, we're going to get into a lot of the information that you present. Um, but first, what, was, what has the response been to your documentaries? It's been mainly positive. Um, you know, I've got a lot of good feedback from people. I've now had a lot of people starting to give me leads. I mean, I get so many emails and comments and things a day. I can't keep up with them at this point. And it hasn't slowed down. Like every day I get more leads and more things. Like we just saw the arrest of the guy up in New Hampshire. I think it was yesterday, the Katzi Antonis, which there's no direct connections to pedophilia to that one yet. But there's this whole string of these arrests going on across the nation. I think uh, Press for Truth just did a video on it. 
And it's just crazy. Like they're really cracking down on this stuff. And I think it's due to the fact that we have so many just independent citizen journalists actually researching on their own. I mean, it's been a really, truly sourced, I mean, open source investigation at this point. You know, what's really interesting to me with that, though, is how much they post openly. Um, and we can get into the pizza. What is it? Pizza Brain? Was that other uh, uh, location? Yeah, Pizza you- Brains. Yeah, I just did a whole bit on it in part two. And not only do they have like that girl up on their Tumblr account, but right on their Instagram account, as I showed in the documentary, there's an image that's on their pizza box art. And on there is the spiral symbol right from the FBI symbols list. Right. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's so it's so in your face. And it, it kind of makes sense when you think, oh, okay, these folks, this is kind of a black market in public. They're using these symbols as a message to the people that are in the know of, you know, what kind of stuff gets exchanged or, you know, uh, traded and whatnot. But it, it blew me away. I, I mean, a pizza slut shirt? I mean... Come on, what? Uh, my child would never be found in a shirt like that ever. Um, it's just so blatant when you look into it, and, uh, and that's what's really fascinating with the citizen journalist thing because it's not like we're trying to go. Well, I guess if you have the ability to hack and stuff like that, you can get into the nitty gritty of a website and, and search a little deeper. But um, in general, people are just you know uh, putting information together, a lot of circumstantial evidence. But um, it just piles up so much. There's so much of it. It's really mind-boggling. And as you said, you ha- you just published a couple documentaries, and you're, you're going to publish part three, uh, each of them over two hours long. And not just because you know, you're know you going on and on about stuff. It's like you're going into different topics. Some topics are just like, here's the info. There's not much else. Just you know, move on to the next thing. But it's just so much that it's um, it's quite unbelievable. Yeah, I think that we actually were able to document that quite well because we now have the three people that have been threatened by Alphantis. And it just shows, like, how. I mean, at first I didn't believe that Ryan Alexander O'Neill, Pizzagate Gear guy, said he got threatened by him. But right. now I have two other people that have been threatened by him. And it just shows how, like, above the law that guy thought he was that he could just operate right out in the open and no one would ever touch him. You know, they, these people really do think that they're above the law. And so far, honestly, like they are like the police yeah. have been sitting on hardcore evidence. In my opinion, like seriously, I've seen the emails to and from them. They confirmed getting it. Like I have Marcus Stevens testimony saying he got the hardcore evidence from our hacker and supposedly that's not illegally obtained because citizens can do stuff like that and give it to the police if they find something illegal. And the police can then use that to prosecute. And also, I looked it up for a debate I had the other night. Circumstantial evidence is admiss- admissible in court. And people have been convicted on overwhelming circumstantial evidence. I looked up some JSTOR articles on it and law journals and a few other things. So it is actually a thing like these people you know it's circumstantial evidence the stuff that's publicly available but you know it's overwhelming (laughs) yeah well i think if enough citizens get on board with it it's 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 inevitable that the uh the authorities are going to look at it in a way that's not just the evidence itself but then start questioning and find out you know on their own that there's something going on 
So now it's been a while, I think, at least in the, you know, my Facebook circle or the people um, that I correspond with, uh, you know, like I said before, the, the Pizzagate thing sort of faded out a little bit again, just in my circle, apparently, you know, it's, I'm glad to hear that people are still staying on it. Now you were talking about uh, threats from James Elephantis. Now, if there are listeners out there who have not heard about this, why don't you give us a little bit of the uh, backstory on uh, why these threats were made, who are they made towards, and why? <clears throat> okay, so I don't want to mess this up too badly. Um, let me just go back. So there was, okay, so there was the son of Carol Greenwood who was sexually assaulted uh, in the kitchen i believe of comet ping pong and then that forced the separation of carol greenwood that was dylan greenwood who was assaulted in the kitchen by james alphantis and then alphantis threatened basically um everyone around that situation so there was an employee at politics and prose that got threatened and you know other things happened to them um and then there was another person who came out on reddit and claimed that they were also sexually assaulted by Alephantis at Comet Ping Pong, and they were an ex-employee there as well. Um, I have the name of that individual, but I'm not releasing it because they, uh, they asked to be anonymous, but we did get the employee records from Comet and prove that they were there at the time they claimed. And he was claiming that he now has PTSD because of all the threats he's received from Alephantis to stay quiet. And then once the investigation, the Pizzagate thing broke, so that was all years ago that that stuff took place. And then once the Pizzagate thing broke, uh, Ryan Alexander O'Neill, who did the Pegasus Museum video trying to show that the kill room image that Al Fantas posted was from Pegasus, he claimed that he received threats from Al Fantas to remove that video. And he showed pretty much evidence that it was Al Fantas that was threatening him like the telephone number and stuff like that, which I did call. I tried to call Al Fantis from a whole bunch of different telephone numbers. I found like five or six different numbers for Al Fantis, but when I tried calling them all, he either wouldn't receive my calls or they were, you know, dead numbers. But uh, yeah, so those are the three threats that we know of so far. Interesting. Um, wow. And so, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear what the, the maybe not let's start from maybe january what sort of new information has come out regarding the pizzagate scandals uh starting in about january uh well i wasn't really aware of the dennis hastert connection to podesta and i was just looking into it the other night and i guess there's like you know this sort of how the whole thing started or close to it but way back when dennis haster was busted and he's like a serial child molester and turns out there's this email in the wikileaks emails from podesta where they're talking about you know just a few days before the haster thing broke in the media about how maybe it's time for denny to disappear to a japanese island and then we found an image of um tony podesta and Dennis Hastert from like 1965 in some Japanese island at a like marine base or whatever. So I thought that was pretty interesting information. 
obviously I released the information that I'd been sitting on just within the past few days about the protected section on Comet um, on Volt the other day, which I just covered in part two of the documentary. Someone had connected another place called Whitmore Farm, and it might turn out that the kill room image is actually there. And there, there's a whole bunch of freezers, and it's a pig farm. And then it turns out that John Podesta, like, there's all these articles about how he's a serial killer of pigs and all this. What? If you ever heard of the uh, Robert Picton case, where there was, like, that serial killer with a pig farm, there's, like, all these parallels to this farm. And the guys running the farm is, like, these DC insiders. And there's like, you know, pentagrams on the barn and inside the barn. And, the, you know, there's, it's just crazy. Real uh, there's quick, also I... a map on the wall that Al Fantas posted on his Instagram. So there's a map of the farm on Al Fantas's Instagram. And you can also see a map, that same map posted on the wall in one of the pictures of the farm. So we wow. know Al Fantas has been there because he took an image on his phone and posted it. Yeah. and. And the, just to clarify, because uh, we got people who may not have, um, you know, been following this, uh, the, that kill room image you're talking about was another image posted. Was that on James Alephantis' Instagram? It was like a weird concrete freezer room. So there's actually multiple kill room images now, but the main one that everyone talks about is the one that Alephantis posted himself as Jimmy Comet. And actually, Jimmy Comet's Instagram profile avatar, which anyone can go double check right now, is a bust of Antinous, which is the Greek god of pedophilia. I kid you not. Yeah. And yeah, yeah as Antinous, he posted a picture of a freezer, an empty freezer. And underneath that, people were posting like hashtag murder, hashtag kill room. Uh, another lady posted, uh, you know where the werewolves lock themselves up during the full moon or something like that. And right. I went and looked at her, and she's one of these like you know full on Satanists with her Instagram just all over the place. Yeah. So it's just the thing that that was weird. And you actually, it's funny because I'm doing like side research as I was kind of watching your film, and you ended up covering it in in the second part of that documentary. But uh, one of the owners of that farm you mentioned, Doctor Kent Oskam. Uh, you said he's a DC insider. He's an anesthesi- anesthesiologist, which is yeah. You, you, you know how many times I had to pronounce that in the documentary. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little, it was butchered in the documentary. At least when I saw it, but uh, it's okay. It was good. I, I I knew it was. It's a tough word to say, but yeah, a guy that has access to all kinds of anesthesia. It's it's. I mean, you know, there's no hard proof there. I looked at some of his um medical sort of public medical records he doesn't have any malpractice on his account or anything like that so he seems legit but you know it's just a little bizarre you know that he has this farm the pig thing it, we can get into all the biblical implications of the pigs and all that but it's just one of those issues where it's like of course of course he's an anesthesiologist you know and of all the doctors he can be right well if you were writing a movie about this one guy would be the anesthesiologist right yeah. Wow. And there's the image of Al Fantas posted of him holding a baby and underneath it he put this baby loved the farm. Right. So, right. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is I'd like to point out that girl in the 
the pizza slut shirt, which is hashtag Karis James, right? No one has seen or heard from her basically since that pizza slut shirt image was posted. Um, I know a lot of people have been trying to figure out like if she's still around or whatever, but I don't know of any images or anything online of that person since. And everyone's like, Oh, there's no victims of this. Well, we got the 33 children from Laura Silsby in Haiti that were being trafficked in. And you have this girl and her sister may that no one can find, you know? So, yeah, you know, that's something that I am hearing a lot, even among a lot of the truther community, obviously, there's people who are trying to be rational about this and stuff. And their biggest line is that there's no victims. And, you know, it's been said before, well, you know, just because the victims disappeared doesn't mean that there's no victims. Um, I, I mean, it still baffles me how that this isn't a full blown, you know, uh, thing this isn't a full-blown investigation i mean are people being investigated what is the law enforcement actually taking action Uh, you mentioned law enforcement earlier and it didn't sound very promising yeah they told us that when you know well i mean not me directly they told the hacker who broke in that not to release the information that he had broken in because they wanted to investigate who is distributing the data So we didn't say anything for like months. I just sat on the information, you know, worried about holding on to that type of, you know, information, you know, not telling people and just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, expecting the arrest, expecting the arrest. Where are the arrests? And it never came. And, you know, they're lying to us. Things they told us, people have now told me were wrong. Like they told me that they couldn't use the data because it was obtained illegally. And then they told us that after the false flag shooting, they found the same data on the hard drive and they could use that information and then nothing. And then like, as of like two or three weeks ago, they stopped responding to us basically. So it's like they were stringing you along. Yeah. It was like, you know, don't tell you not to say anything. And then now it's like, Oh, peace. No one's talking about this anymore. Well, you know, what's interesting within all that is you had, we recently had Mike Flynn step down and, um, one of, uh, Hillary Clinton's, uh, what was it? Advisor or something, um, to Hillary Clinton or was on her team or something like that. He, He tweeted out his name's Philip or Felipe Reigns. He tweeted out, Dear Mike Flynn and Mike Flynn Jr., because Mike Flynn Jr. had spoken out about Pizzagate in the past as well. Uh, Back to the tweet here. Dear Mike Flynn and Mike Flynn Jr., what goes around comments around. And given your pizza obsession, and then a link to uh, a job, uh, a career thing at Domino's Pizza, Exo Felipe, and then Hillary Clinton retweeted that. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, Felipe's got his own way of saying things, but he has a point about the real consequences of fake news. (laughs) And And did you see uh, what just came out from WikiLeaks, I think, in the last couple hours? No. Is that uh, they have absolute proof that the CIA hacked the French elections? Wow. Wow. That's, That's what the amazing. Vault 7 stuff's about. You know all that Vault 7 stuff people have been talking about? It's about the French elections. The CIA hacked the French elections, basically. 
They wow. run off of it. That's what all the Vault 7 stuff is. Oh, man. It, everything is just turned to complete madness. <laughs> That's probably why that guy's taking those shots back at, you know, with the other guy there. For right. The Pizzagate stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's in, that's fascinating. All right, so now you, uh, as it stands now, you have documentary one and documentary two, part one, part two. Uh, give us a little bit of a synopsis of what each one involves, and maybe that'll give us a good idea about the kind of new uh, stuff that people can learn and update themselves on the situation. Okay, yeah. So part one, I went through the emails in full detail. Um, from Podesta, I went through basically every email that Podesta had on WikiLeaks that was, you know, of note. And then I went through all the artwork that had to do with like Comet and Alphantis. And I went through all Alphantis's Instagram things that we have archived. Uh, what else? So kind of a, a nice, a, a, a well put together, a step-by-step categorization of what seems to be the, the first stages of this Pizzagate uh, scandal when it first came out in those first months. Yeah. So basically what I did was I went out and I put out um, a bunch of blog posts on this place called steam it, which is like a new Facebook. And on there, none of this stuff has died down. Like this stuff is still in the you know trending feeds and stuff on there. Cause it's not, you know, a Google slash Zuckerberg controlled platform. So people right. actually, you know, look at stuff that's it's not relevant. being censored. Yeah. So it's actually like, you know, genuine what's trending on there because it's blockchain technology. So on there, you know, I put out the, you know, submit your best questions. So the like questions are like, you know, why is Al Fantas posting all these sexual pedo images to his Instagram? And then I go through his entire Instagram and show all of that. And then I go through the next thing. So basically I tried to cover step by step the entire Pizzagate scandal from how it began with like the Podesta emails all the way through, you know, the stuff that we're just talking about tonight about the Whitmore farm and you know, the stuff I just released the other day. So it literally has, as far as I know, everything that's taken place in Pizzagate. So if someone doesn't know about Pizzagate to this like date, they can watch part one and part two of my documentary and they probably won't have missed much. I mean, the stuff I left out, but it's pretty much the complete thing. Nice. Yeah, because, you know, I I can feel people out there as we speak into the future listening to this episode and and kind of realizing that they've forgotten a couple of these, uh, you know, just how intense the collection of, you know, circumstantial evidence and just strange things um, that really started to... Uh, uh, make certain emails make sense and make certain things make sense and, and just really not liking it. But, you know, it's one of these things you, you just gotta, you just gotta know what's going on. Um, yeah. And I think another thing that a lot of people forget here is that like some of the biggest criminals in the history of the world have been taken down via tax evasion. And we have the financial transactions here to a pizza shop. That's not a 501 C three charity. And you have people like George Soros sending them, you know, 20 something thousand dollars at a pop. And what are they spending that money on exactly? Can you show me a receipt for whatever charity that money went to? 
Have you paid your taxes on that? Can we get some sort of at least financial investigation into these people? You know, that's, do you think, do you think uh, that that's going to be the way to go in the end? Well, I mean, that's how they got Al Capone. That's how you get some of these people that get taken down. If you can't get them for the circumstantial stuff, I mean, you have hardcore financial transactions there and there's absolutely, I mean, what are, what is the charity exactly? Comet ping pong. Like I don't see exactly where that money is going. You know, they have these art galleries and stuff, and there's been a whole bunch of documentaries on how art galleries are fronts for, you know, you know, tax evasion and things like that, money laundering. So I think there is a real, you know, investigation there, just financial. If you don't, if people can't stomach the pedophile stuff and they think it's all circumstantial, well, we have, I believe, a legitimate case for a financial investigation as well. Right. Now, have you been in contact with any law enforcement, uh, you, you know, officials or contacts that that conversation has been brought up? I mean, is this like a, are, is there any response from law enforcement to, you know, are they saying, okay, yeah, thanks for the info. We're, we're on something. We're, we're taking care of it. Or has it just been a empty, uh, string of, we'll call you back after lunch. Yeah, that's like I said. So the, I personally never contact law enforcement ever, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Okay. So that's not me contacting them. The hacker did. And the hacker just showed me the emails. He's also contacted, as I said, he's contacted attorney general sessions. He's contacted department of Homeland security, the FBI and the DC police. And I published the emails between him and the DC police officer, Marcus Stevens, who received the information and the, that department, the DC police was telling us for weeks on end that they were investigating, that they were looking at other leads. They're following where this stuff was being distributed, not to say anything because it was important that, you know, we didn't compromise their investigation. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks ago, nothing. They stopped emailing us back, no more responses. So we put in a FOIA request and I published the FOIA request in the video as well. Um, so that's out there to get the, the plea deal that they gave to Edgar Madison Welch, because we believe that Edgar Madison Welch literally shot through the wall of Comet Ping Pong and hit the computer hard drive on purpose to try to erase evidence that was on that hard drive. And we think that in that plea bargain, we'll see that and be able to prove that, you know, that that hard drive was actually critical and vital to this investigation. Wow. So That's we're just, incredible. we're trying to put the pressure on them. That's why I released the information about contacting them. That's why we're putting the FOIA request in because we want to force them to actually do something. It's right. time for them to go make high-profile arrests and state that they're investigating these people. And actually, I mean, have you ever seen an FBI arrest, uh, investigation? When they actually investigate a place, what they do is they go in the front door with like 50 officers. They you know, take everything inside. They interview every employee, and the place is shut down. It would be obvious if they had done a full investigation, which they have right. not. Right. Wow. That's incredible. Now, have you found any evidence um, 
that it, uh, the hole continues to go deeper as far as, you know, different politicians or how far up in the power structure, you know, I, uh, we had some revelations within the emails, obviously Podesta and, and those associated with him. Are there any new players that uh, may be giving a, a deeper insight into who may be involved in this specific case? Yeah, I mean, one of the parties they posted images at was at a Rothschild's house. So oh, classic. Linda Rothschild is pictured in the Instagram image on Jimmy Comet's Instagram with David Brock. So you have David Brock on the staircase, and right behind her is a Linda Rothschild. And you have confirmation in the WikiLeaks emails that it is at Linda Rothschild's house because you have the email from her inviting everyone over for the David Brock book party. And John is basically, you know, asking Tony for permission to go. So wow. you have that. And then in terms of does this connect to higher power structures? I think that, yeah, when you look at, have you guys seen the George Webb YouTube channel? When you look at <clears throat> when it connects to DynCorp, and how that connects over to, you know, all the stuff going on over in the Middle East. Like, there's a lot of evidence that there's massive child trafficking involved with, you know, all that stuff, all those war-torn areas like Syria and all these things. And this is definitely not, you know, just limited to these people over here in D.C. This is something that they're using to control people on a global scale. And it's definitely tied into, like I said, like, you know, the Vatican and all that, because you can see the child trafficking is going there. I mean, there was this shipment there of like all these Syrian refugees and children. You got the Pope there, like, you know, welcoming them, welcoming them in. And it's just, it goes right to the very top, which is, I think, why they've done this, deflected as fake news, wait till the story dies down. And then, you know, Later, they'll try to censor it all away or something. I don't know. Right, right. Now, you know, it's interesting. The connections with the Vatican, obviously, there's, uh, you know, the Catholic Church has its own history with uh, problems relating to Pizzagate. Now, talk a little bit more about the connections there. Now, we... Well, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, the, hold on. Before you go uh, there, there's a couple okay. things I wanted to say. First off, go for it. The Rothschild quote that we're all familiar with, give me control of a nation's money and I care not who makes its laws. It seems to resonate differently now, right? Like it literally, these people think they're, you mentioned they believe they're above the law. So there's that. And I believe you also quoted, um, I thought this was interesting. Didn't you quote an Adam Weissop quote? The actual, yeah. the real Illuminati, the historical Illuminati. Fill us in on that. I, I thought it was interesting that he would talk about um, sex bribery. Yeah, basically it just talks about how it's in their documented goals. So if you read their published documents, like the actual Bavarian Illuminati did exist. My personal opinion on that is that the Illuminati in name itself hasn't existed as the Illuminati since basically that group was detected. They've just gone by no name. So like the Bilderberg group originally had no name. The mafia in Italy that they created originally had no name whatsoever. It was just that thing of ours. And I think since they were detected in Germany, 
And Adam Weishaupt wrote this himself, by the way, he said that once they were detected, they would go by no name. So I just think they have no actual name so that they can't be identified. So you can't be like, oh, they, you know, there'll always be that hidden they. It's not actually something you can identify. Right. And um, it, it goes and in back terms in history, of that, too. Yeah. In terms of that quote, it just it's a perfect quote for what they're doing. It's been identified as the honey trap, right? So originally they used prostitutes to basically blackmail politicians. There's a documentary, Angels and Demons Exposed, that showed how the Russians were doing this. And basically that's been a long, you know, term thing that government agents will do to get blackmail over people. But when that became sort of passe and the public sort of, you know, didn't really care that politicians were sleeping around. They started using children. And, you know, of course, there's the satanic sort of cult type things involved with this. And that, I think that just goes into how they rationalize it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they just they do it for power and control. And Adam Weishaupt clearly stated that that's how they would do it. So right. that's why I use that quote. Right. And, and Adam Weishaupt is a, is a perfect connection here to uh, where Basil wanted to go because uh, he was a professor of canon law. And he was a former Jesuit, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you know, his ties to the Vatican is pretty clear there. But uh, take, <clears throat> take us there. Take us down that rabbit trail of uh, how this all connects and seems to lead back to the Pope. Okay, yeah. So, like I said, when I started looking at, you know, George Webb was like, go look at the different refugees and children coming out of the different war-torn areas I saw a whole bunch of basically children going to the Vatican and to Italy and all that. And then when you go and you look at missing children in Italy, there's a ton of missing children in Italy all around the Vatican and all that. And there's just countless cases of the Pope like defending pedophiles. He just let a group off the other day I saw that was one of these, I think it was a Jesuit sect of their order down in South America, he led off for, you know, all these pedophilia crimes. And when you look into his history as, uh, what was his name? Uh, Bergoglio, right? Down in Argentina. That was his original name. He was in charge of the Jesuits down there during Argentina's dirty war. And when you look into the type of stuff that took place during that, we're talking about torture centers that were set up where they would take the women and the children from the neighborhoods and they would leave the windows open on the first floor of these buildings so that the husbands could see the officers and the Jesuit priests raping and torturing their wives and children. And this was done on a scale that's unbelievable. And the head Jesuit priest at the time was the Pope. You know, Pope Francis, this guy that's hailed as the savior of the world and all this crap. He's absolutely nothing to do with any Christianity that I know of. And his entire history down in Argentina is forgotten to a lot of people. But when you look into that, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people tortured and killed at this guy's basically order. He was one of the head people in charge down there. And he even tortured other Jesuit priests to keep them quiet about what was going down 
on down there because they had moral obligations and stuff like that against it. So he is just an absolute nightmare. And when you look into child trafficking and stuff around the Vatican, you will clearly see the connections here. He's all over the place. There's Haiti connections to them. There's the Syria connections to them. You just, it's amazing when you really look at it. I'll be documenting it all. Yeah. And it's crazy because, uh, you know, some people can say, but Titus, the Pope says that he, we must be harsh and, and, you know, swift with our, our judgment on pedophiles. And they've been saying that forever, right? Obviously they're going to say that publicly, but it's always the same with these figureheads. Uh, they say one thing, but they're doing another, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. And the Jesuit order, you know, that is sort of the modern day, you know, Knights Templar, right? Yeah. I mean, these people swear, if you look into their oaths and stuff, they swear allegiance not to God. They swear allegiance to the Pope, okay? And they call him basically God on earth. Right. Okay. This is not anything to do with what's in the Bible. This is some other thing. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you, you've been watching that young Pope? <laughs> no, I have not seen that, no. Oh, man. It's trippy. Anyways, that's all. I've been trying to get Gons to watch HBO or to subscribe to HBO, but his uh, convictions are too strong. Um, <laughs> Over him I've, too been lazy. Meaning, I've been meaning to do a whole bunch of videos on like other stuff I've seen, like different movies and things like that. I cover, you know, I did a video on the Star Wars, uh, the new Star Wars film that came out a while ago. But I've been meaning to do one in the Rogue One film. I just haven't been, had the time with all this Pizzagate stuff going on. Yeah, no, it seems like you got your uh, you got your hands full, and uh, for that we are grateful. You can move on to Star Wars when you're done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we got other people doing Star Wars, so I I'm a little curious, if I may, Gons. Um, I'm a little curious about what the community of the researchers looks like now you don't need to give away your secrets is this sort of like an anonymous situation where you know it's just a, a bunch of people uh, independently doing research and you know maybe hacking or doing uh, other things like that um and then now that i mention it you know anonymous as a amorphous organization seems to have waged or at least claimed to wage a war on, you know, situations such as this. And for a while they were paying a lot of attention to Pizzagate. Now, when I talk about that, I haven't seen a lot of it on Facebook. It's probably now uh, that I think about it, it's probably all just being censored from me. But, um, so what does that look like? What, what's, what's the army against this, uh, situation, uh, look like? Uh, yeah, so I mean, there was Op Pizza, which is still going on. That's a anonymous operation that is on IRC. That has died down a little bit. There's still um, a fair amount of people in there actually for an anonymous operation. Most people, when they think of like an anonymous operation into stuff like this, they think there's like hundreds of hackers out there no normally these operations there's like maybe 20 people in a room working on something like this on anonymous so it's not really quite as grand as everyone thinks if you really want to know what's going on with anonymous uh you just have to go into irc on anon ops and you know you can 
walk in there or just go in there and they'll teach you how to use it. They'll teach you basically everything you need to know. Um, you should also read a book on them. By <laughs> you should also read a book. Yeah. Well, I mean, before you go in there, you, you should really understand what you're dealing with because it's full of fed agents and things like that. And right. you just don't want to get in trouble. So when I go in there, I declare as a reporter so everyone knows that, you know, I'm a public figure when I'm in there. So I don't get invited into sort of the more deeper, darker parts of that. I just get sort of the public, you know, thing. And then I just try to help them raise awareness and things like that. I organize protests here up in Boston. I do the, uh, I'm the lead organizer for the March Against Monsanto protest, which is coming up again. It might have to be March Against uh, Bayer this year, I guess. And <laughs> yeah. we do the uh, mar- a million mass march and stuff like that up here. So interesting. Other, other than that, in terms of the other people in this, there's a huge community on Vote that came from Reddit that does this, but that's been infiltrated by a lot of you know shills and things like that. And the Steemit community has been just excellent. Uh, the research on there in terms of Pizzagate is the best, in my opinion. Well, so you mentioned shills. I mean, is this this is a real thing you got to look out for? Is there a an activated squad of of disinfo and shill people uh, hanging out in the the chat rooms or the community? Is that a real oh, yeah. thing that you have to like watch out for? Oh yeah, there's so many false leads and things that it's you got to verify every piece of information that you come across. Wow. And on top of that, you know, when I posted some information the other day, the stuff about the hack, some of those people on there posted everything about my personal life on there and basically posted all the stuff about my parents' business, my parents, where everyone lives. So they've basically made me and my family a personal target wow. for anyone that is looking into Pizzagate. Wow. Just for I mean, publishing information that I know. That's incredible. I mean, I can't believe how do you sleep at night when your job is to help cover up a pedophile ring? I just, that's just out of control. Well, I mean, the interesting one of the more interesting ones was when the Ask Me Anything session took place with the guy who had been threatened, who claimed he had PTSD now because he'd been threatened. A random user whose name was James Al Fantas showed up in the Ask Me Anything session and started threatening the person and then instantly deleted their account and deleted all their comments. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Jeez. I mean, there's stuff like that going on. So take it for as you want. That sounds pretty trollish. But who yeah, knows? It could have been. It, I mean, you know? based on the patterns of what James Alephantis has been doing, uh, it's not surprising. They realize that it's all, you know, public and or, public yeah, or whatever. Like you and, said, it could just be a 4chan troll trying to, you know, sure. get a rise at everyone. So you don't know. Are you familiar with um, Robert David Steele? No, I'm not. Uh, apparently, he's a former uh, CIA clandestine services case officer. Uh, and he was actually, it looks like he was just on, and I haven't listened to it yet or watched it, but he was on Infowars of all places. Um, and the video is titled Trump is battling pedophile network. And, you know, I wonder what's uh, that, that at that level, what is your opinion where, you know, the alternative press sort of, 
uh, well, Alex Jones specifically kind of did a, you know, tiptoe dance around the whole thing. What are your thoughts there? Is the alternative community, have they even, uh, when I say alternative, I mean the bigger alternative mainstream, whatever you want to call it, the Breitbarts and, you know, the main outlets, they've, they've moved on largely, right? They, they don't really give a whole lot of, uh, I mean, some of them do, but they don't seem like they're giving a whole lot of space to this kind of research and material. I think that with the rise of the internet and all of this truth material coming out that they needed a way to sort of rein people back into the system and to sort of believing in voting again. And they needed to rebuild the media. And they've sort of done that, in my opinion, with this, you know, this InfoWars platform. Now you have Breitbart, which was, you know, founded in America, but conceived in Israel. They have an article up on their own friggin' website about that. And InfoWars recently has just been beating the drum for Trump, who, in my personal opinion, has too many ties to Israel, is pushing for war with Iran, has threatened freedom of speech on the internet, has threatened to shut down the internet. His stance against Apple on the iPhone thing during the San Bernardino thing is dangerous. The back door they put into iPhones has already been leaked out for criminal hackers to use. So I just, I think that this new InfoWars type thing is just a new alternative media, as you call it, but it's really the new mainstream media. And they admit it themselves. Alex Jones constantly brags about how he gets more views than CNN. So (laughs) who is really the mainstream media now? I think Alex Jones is mainstream media. Yeah, and that's true. That's exactly what's happened. And I've mentioned that as well, that uh, they needed to you know, make a way to get people to believe in the, in, in the government again, basically, right. To, uh, to fall in line with, uh, the traditions. Although there is something to be said about the American traditions and the basic rights and stuff like that, that seem to be, you know, there's a certain level at which there should be, you know, a good fight to prevent uh, some of our freedoms from completely being lost. But at the same time, I totally hear you, uh, with the connections there with, uh, the, the dangers of Trump in terms of, what could be, well, but, uh, well, I think the, the one thing that I think we can all agree on is the fact that we have a unconstitutional federal reserve sitting on top of this country. And I don't hear anyone on that little aisle over there talking about getting rid of that. I don't hear Trump talking about getting rid of it. I don't hear Infowars talking about getting rid of it. I don't hear any of them talking about basically the biggest problem in this country, which is private control over our country via a central bank. And that's why we have this, you know, other corruption and stuff going on is because that's how bankers control politicians. So right. it's all tied <laughs> together. To, yeah. You have to take <laughs> that's one huge aspect of this whole thing is their banking infrastructure. And before they force us into some sort of like digital currency or some biometric scan, you know, thing, we have to get rid of that private banking system. And the only thing I've heard them talk about over at Infowars lately in terms of that is going back to a gold standard. If you go read the working papers 
put out by the group of 30, which is like the central core of central bankers. These are like the top guys that seemingly no one cares about in the alternative media. They meet in private every year, just like Bilderberg and the other guys, but no one talks about them. And in their working papers, they talk about how they would like to return to a gold standard so long as they keep private control of the banks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard uh, that whole gold thing is interesting because of, uh, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, the Rothschilds economist cover from uh, 1988 uh, showing 2018 being the world, you know, the one world currency year. And we're approaching that as we record this. I love how no matter who we're talking about, or what we're talking about, truthers can always gather back around the campfire of the Federal Reserve. Oh, yeah. Like, as the number one thing that needs to be fixed. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, Ron Paul's been the only guy, really, that's been on that, you know, and the Fed uh, and the Federal Reserve thing for a long time. Um, right. And it's really interesting with cryptocurrencies right now. I've been kind of keeping track of some of that a lot more recently. But uh, they're they're trying to create the same manipulation that the the globalists have on gold and silver they're trying to build that right now for bitcoin and it's really kind of oh. funny it's it's hilarious to watch them try because they're 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 that's why there's all this money being pushed in pushed out you know china being a big part of that you know with with the spike over a thousand bucks again recently so it's really interesting to see some of that but yeah they're they see i think the writing on the wall in terms of cryptocurrencies or digital currencies and they're trying to uh put the same sort of lid on cryptocurrencies as they have in, uh, in precious metals. So we'll see how Bitcoin holds up, right? Because that whole thing can be compromised if they do put in the same kind of uh, laws and parameters and stuff that, because it's basically digital gold is what Bitcoin is, you know? Yeah, um, I have some Bitcoin and I have <clears throat> a lot of steam it, which is steam currency, which is another cryptocurrency. Right. I think it's good to have just a wide range of investments because, you know, the dollar could collapse, the Bitcoin could be manipulated, the gold price is manipulated. I mean, they get their fingers into basically everything. Right. So you just got to be diversified as much as possible, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. we got to start accepting donations in cryptocurrency guns. Oh, easy. Easy, easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> The, we just got to give him a. We just got to give him our address. Yeah. What you guys, what you guys should do is put your stuff on Steam it, and then people give you free currency just by upvoting it. Right. You guys make. I've made uh, twelve hundred bucks on there just by posting the same stuff I post to uh, YouTube, and it's all in cryptocurrency. Yeah, you know, so. I opened a Steam it account. It's Steam it or uh, Steam it io, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or is it Steam it uh, No, dot com. Oh, okay, yeah. I must be thinking of something else. Um, yeah, we'll look okay. into that. We'll look into it. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I mean, I guess the bigger sort of conversation with the whole Pizzagate, tying it back to all that, obviously you, you mentioned Soros giving money to, uh, Comet Ping Pong and where's that money going? And a lot of this seems to be really obvious to me. Like it, when you mention it, when you look at the evidence, it's gotten to the point where it's like, how are they not doing anything about this? And at the same time, you know, what do you, what do you actually think will happen? Because, at this point, let's say we see within the, the next few months, we see James Elephantis go to jail. We see, you know, uh, the Podestas get arrested. Um, that would be a victory for sure uh, in sort of the validity of 
open source research, uh, the, the community that's been on this since the beginning. But at the same time, the problem of child sex trafficking and all that will persist, right? I've always said with the whole, not just Pizzagate, but the Pedogate whole thing, in order for that to be brought down requires the ultimate divine intervention. Because I think if we actually tried to take it down from within right now, there would be a literal collapse of civilization, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing in the sense that, you know, we're getting rid of or purging all like the, you know, the, the infected parts or whatever. But what do you think? What What is your ultimate sort of hope that you see in doing all this work that you're doing? Okay. So, well, I mean, the ultimate, ultimate hope that I always have for any work that I do, honestly, is to try to wake people up to the ultimate truth of everything, which is that Jesus Christ is sort of the answer to all this. But on a more like, you know, political type scale, this is sort of what I'm seeing happening here is if we can win the battle and get, say, a limited hangout of arrests, like you said, you know, the local players, the Alphantis, Podesta, Clinton, I mean, if we could get that, that would be a huge victory. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but, you know, there's always hope for that. Um, and if we can get that, then we can go from there. And once we've been legitimized and go, all right, this is a global scale. So now that we've stopped it here in America, let's move this investigation on a more global scale and stop it in other places. Um, and I, that's sort of the same plan I put forward to, I wrote a blog on how to end the Federal Reserve using Article 5 of the Constitution and then using cryptocurrencies to replace it. And basically, you know, you, you can do these things, but you go at the national level first, and then you take on the world banking system once you have, you know, a America has been freed from the banks. Once America has been freed from the pedos, then you can go after the sort of global nature of this thing. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Sounds Big like goals. a legit mission. Yeah, you've got on your hands there. Well, it's interesting that you say that with the two levels because our commission is to be salt and light and the light, obviously, which is the truth of Jesus Christ, but then the salt being something that prevents decay right? They used to cover their meats and stuff with the salt to prevent it from going bad. I feel like that, that your work is doing a lot of that is just being salt, you know, and, and also being light and sharing the truth about what's going to really free people from this. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, I, I've really felt like, man, the word that, that, uh, Sean from SGT report just came out with the video with an interview and, and the word that they really looked into was psychopath. And, you know, it's it's just a, it's a word that's thrown around a lot, but ultimately, when it comes down to the nitty gritty of it all, it's it's basically that a person that really can't empathize, right? They can't sense the pain of others or sense the other people's emotions. They're just kind of focused in on their own world and their own pleasures, and they actually probably get off on seeing others suffer. And that mental disease uh, seems to be what has propelled people, humans throughout history into really powerful positions. I don't know why that that is, but it's probably because of this fallen system that we're in and, you know, we're all fallen and sin and all this stuff, but it's just really interesting to see the concrete sort of nature of humanity in terms of its, 
just the psychological thing of being psychopathic and how, you know, because wasn't there a study about CEOs seem to be more psychopathic or uh, and all these leaders and people that have a lot of power, they all seem to have uh, throughout history share this psychopathic nature. So it makes me think like, okay, what's really different? And it's it's really that mindset, right? It's that that ability to empathize and, and, and relate to others and all this stuff. And without community, it seems like that's being lost. And what I'm worried about is that because it's these psychopaths that run everything, we now see, and I think through this last election and everything else, we have seen good ample evidence that they are externalizing that mindset out into the masses. So there's a bunch of people that are being completely brainwashed to think like a psychopath and only care about themselves and being narcissistic and all this stuff, which we've seen on social media and all that. But then when you look at the legal push of what, there was an article that was, I can't remember who published it, but they basically were arguing for the legalization of pedophilia. And I know some of this has been going on, um, gosh, I can't remember where, but just recently they were doing some some campaigning or something to try to make the case that, hey, uh, pedophilia isn't a crime, it's a preference, that kind of thing, you know. And with the way the whole LGBTQ thing has worked out, I wouldn't be surprised if they started to really try to push that angle of it. And, and it might be harder now, especially with, and, you know, given wh- whatever you think about Trump, I do think that perhaps he's been put in there to be a counter to some of this stuff to try to balance out, you know, the whole system, right? Uh, as far as the right and left and letting the pendulum swing a little bit. But um, what do you think about the psychopath thing? What do you think about the potential of them trying to really push legislatively, like legally, like, oh, this is just normal or a preference? Yeah. So you see, when I did an investigation into a pedophile ring that was operating on YouTube, which was just like normal people, a lot of them were associated with NAMBLA, and things like that, um, suppose those guys, and when you look through their stuff, they're celebrating the uh, LGBT stuff, and they're putting stuff like, you know, hashtag love is love, you know, and they're all into that because they see that as an advancement of their rights as well, and they're attaching themselves to that movement, um, and they're definitely pushing that angle And there's even a New York Times article about how pedophilia is a mental disorder and not a crime. And the question I have for the New York Times on that is, is, well, what do you say to the children victims? You know, to them, it's a crime. And in terms of the psychopath thing, uh, when I read Plato's Republic a long time ago, He talks about how in society that when you have this sort of centralization of power, that you're always going to have psychopaths rise to the level of the top in that sort of situation. Because when, you know, two men enter a contract, the person that, you know, deceives the other person more is always going to win out on a contract. So in business or in government, you know, the most corrupt people always rise to the top. And also, in terms of that, the most controlling people as well, because they don't want to be controlled by anyone else. So they fight their way up the ladder to control everyone else so that they can't be controlled. And that was all really well laid out in Plato's Republic, which I understand, you know, the overall 
philosophy of that book is not something I agree with, but that point in that book was something I agreed with. I think maybe, you know, the solutions to this stuff is decentralization and getting people back to working together in their communities and working together on different solutions, you know, putting up stuff like, you know, little free libraries, which are little libraries you can build in your neighborhood where you put books in that anyone can read so that, you know, people can go read and learn about this stuff for free, you know, and then just talking to people in person, getting out there and protesting stuff. You know, I just think that we need to move towards more decentralization and move towards more sort of community efforts to expose these people and do everything that we have at, you know, our tools and just, you know, use these alternative platforms and just move away from these systems of control. Yeah, you know, that's a great point because like a lot of things, it's like the, the, the disease can't be cured in a fundamentally flawed, you know, body, I guess. And, uh, it's kind of like the thing with, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm no health expert, but in the alternative nutrition community, you know, there's a lot of talk about keeping the pH balance where if your pH is off, everything is going to be off and you're going to get sick all the time. You know, it seems like society in the world today, we're so uh, just, it's a fundamental systematic problem where people are thinking, I mean, I've said it half a dozen times in this podcast already. Oh, well, the law enforcement will take care of it. When there's fundamental systematic changes that we can all make and we all have to be intentional about that, um, and it's not just going to solve one problem, but it's going to begin to, you know, set off a domino effect of a lot of problems. Um, you know, obviously with the help of, uh, uh, you know, the spiritual um, aspect of it, getting God involved, getting Jesus involved, and not in like a political uh, kind of junky way that a lot of times it is presented as, but on a person-to-person basis. Uh, activating this sort of uh, immune system that is, yo, if all of us get on the same page, then we can uh, overcome really anything. And then um, be the I, Jesus Borg. I'm just kidding. The, Sorry. The I, Jesus I, I, Borg? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm trying to throw a wrench into your whole nice rant there. You tried really hard, but I think <laughs> the point still stands. No, it does. Uh, you know, and and yeah, I, I think that's a great point. It needs to it needs to be a fundamental systematic change where we're not relying on a centralized group of people to solve solve all the problems. That that is really the big issue here with with what came to fruition. I think with this last election cycle, it's a really split between people who love their government and want the government to take care of them because they've become dependent on them. And then those who are like, no, we're we're independent. That's the point of being in America. But um, let me ask you guys this, and I say you guys because I want to ask both of you because uh, I'm curious. Um, Trump has said, and I think others have said, these people who are in pedophilia, uh, who have committed pedophilia, and and you know, uh, under a court of law, execution, you know, kill them. What are your thoughts on that? Do you guys agree or disagree with that? Sorry, kill them in in regards to what? Sorry, Ex- I saw executed. Pe- like people uh, who are convicted of pedophilia execution. Oh, of pedophilia. I was looking at a picture of a dog that looks like Putin. Um, 
No, I'm back real, though. I'm real back. serious, real I'm serious back. stuff. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not a huge execution guy. Um, so you know, it, it's a. I don't want to. I don't want to get in a whole thing here. Um, so no, right off the bat, yeah, no, I, I won't say just shoot them in the face. We have a lot of other uh, ways to punish people. Um, as well as work towards some sort of rehabilitation. Now, obviously, the the emotional answer would be, yeah, load some uh, depleted uranium up in that in that old nine millimeter and let it fly. Yeah, this is a difficult subject. I mean, I kind of want to say load them into a wicker man and burn them in their cloaks, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is uranium, Wicker Man, same thing. You know, but like, I don't know. I think you just have to go with whatever the law states. If the law states that that's an executable offense and they're guilty of it, then I think you have to go with that if it's constitutionally, you know, legal. Yeah, and I suppose right. it depends on the, the circumstance of the case and, and whatnot. You know, if there's a guy who's, who's really... Yeah, you know, and... and and there's a range, there's a range. I mean, a lot of people are struggling with attraction to inappropriately young people. Sure. Um, you know, uh, that's a, that's a big part of it. You know, not everyone who has these sort of unctions are, you know, Illuminati members. I mean, right. this is a, this is a big thing. And no, I think it needs to be like I said, I mean, there's different levels of it, but yeah, I, I, no, I I think should not be executable in all cases. I mean, like smart guy over there said, we got laws for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Well, what about this? And I throw another sort of wrench and into the whole conversation here. There's a story called Atopia Chronicles, and it's a, it's a fictional story. It's a future story. And, uh, but it's based on like all the modern science that we have now where science and tech is headed, blah, blah, blah. And in the story, the Atopia, this, uh, this future city uh, that's run by the elite and is occupied by, you know, more of the rich people that are part of this corporation, Atopia, they accept pedophilia, but not in a sense of harming others. They have, uh, they have these virtual simulations that are, you know, of, fully immersive in all senses, blah, 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 where it's, um, you know, that the, the people can carry out their fantasies basically. And, uh, yeah. the logic in this conversation between these two characters is pretty interesting because one character is like, no, what, what, why would you do that? And the other character is saying, well, you don't want to deprive them of their desires. This way they can fulfill their desires, but not harm anybody. And, you can see that perspective of the argument, although I would argue that that person is harming themselves and you know, you would, you wouldn't want to enable that sort of behavior. But I mean, this is kind of where things might head, especially with, you know, the EU saying we're trying to give uh, robots human rights and personhood and all this stuff. Uh, what, what are your, what are your thoughts there, Titus, about some of that stuff and where it might be headed? Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, there's multi levels to that answer. Um, what I, do I think is going to happen to society in the immediate forefront? I think you've already seen um, there's police officers, elderly police officers, who talk about this new generation of cops that have come up playing Call of Duty video games 
and have received no hesitation training. And that coupled with the desensitization they've already received through those shooter games, they're just shooting people left and right. And the elderly cops are like literally scared of this younger, you know, militant group of police officers that's come up that you can see in operation on YouTube just quite easily. What do I think is going to happen in the long term? I think that they're trying to push us towards this thing called the direct neural interface, which I think is not that far off. The World Economic Forum was talking about, you know, putting this into people's heads by 2023. And that was over a year ago. And, you know, I just, I think that's what they're trying to get people ready for is this, you know, this virtual reality thing is just a stepping stone towards the DNI, which is going to directly connect people's brains to the internet. And I personally believe that's what the mark of the beast is. I think when people connect their brain directly to the internet and www in hebrew is actually i believe it's 666 i believe when that happens that is actually the mark of the beast because then they'll be able to take over and as i've talked about uh i mean it goes really deep into this in some of my earliest films but i think there's this uh field called the ether that was described by Nikola Tesla. And right. I think that the ether connects to the electromagnetic field. And from my paranormal research, I was a lead paranormal investigator in New England. I've done some of the, you know, biggest profile buildings in America. And from my research in that, you see that ghosts and these types of things manipulate the electromagnetic field. And I just think that they're possibly trapped in this thing called the ether which people mistake for space. Space mm -hmm. is the ether. Um, I'm not a flat earther at all. I don't believe in any of that crap, but I do believe that space is a medium called the ether and that the Nikola Tesla, you know, electric universe theory is actually the correct model. Right. Yeah. Right. And you, th you think that, uh, having, a access to the internet and everything that all the complicated things that go with that, uh, you know, installed right into your brain might be, uh, a gateway or at least might form some kind of connection with this ether. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, when we interact with these things in the paranormal field, they're manipulating electronic devices. So if you start putting electronic devices in yourself that could control yourself via transhumanism, you're giving these entities direct control over your body and your brain yep yep that's i'm totally with you on the, all that man that's that's pretty much the kind of stuff i've been tracking on the youtube channel and it's interesting because as you were talking about the whole you know your theory on the mark of the beast bloomberg business week published an article <laughs> titled this 425 dollar diy implant will make you a cyborg Cyborg Nest Manufacturers DIY Kits Meant to Bring Transhumanism to the Masses. So there you go. You got 400 bucks, you can get a chip that goes in your head. Uh, not in your head, maybe, but it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like I think a... That's, that's the one that goes in your arm, isn't it? Um, no, Ooh. it's supposed to go on your head, I think, right here. It says, uh, Ooh. Uh, what's, what's that thing sticking out of your head? A woman asks the man with the serpentine antenna between his eyes. That's, uh... <laughs> That's how the, oh yikes! That's, that's their the creative starts. copy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice job, guys. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think that's that's where stuff is headed. I, I don't think we're too far off some of that stuff. Um, 
Uh, and and I, I'm actually in agreement with a lot of your uh, electromagnetic theories there as well. Um, I think there's a reason why. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Yep. So you keep doing it. I see how it is. It was those, no, it was those automatic ads. Uh-huh. Um, now I forgot what I was talking about. I'm confused. Uh, you totally, I just totally lost track of what I was no, saying. No, the electric universe. You agree with the electric universe theory? Um, no, well, not necessarily electric universe, but oh, I was going to say, that's why I think, uh, that is not me. That was the me. Illuminati breaking in. That was, that was Bloomberg. <laughs> that was Bloomberg rearing its head. Man, this is a messy right. episode. We haven't done this <laughs> in a while, Basil. They're I think getting to us, man. I know. <laughs> they're frying our brains as we speak. Um, Oh no! I, I was going like, to say. It. Oh no! They're talking about the ether. <laughs> Shut them down! <laughs> Shut them down! <laughs> Not really into the deep dark stuff. <laughs> um, pedophile rings. Let's get them on that. <laughs> they're talking about Tesla again. Why won't they just let it go? <laughs> um, the point I was trying to make was that I think there's a reason why there's the god of uh, thunder in terms of Zeus, which has its connection to Satan in the Bible. Uh, the throne of satan and pergamum and all this stuff the thing about channeling and these demonic entities and all this stuff you know that's the belief system tying it back to the the whole pizzagate thing that that's that is part of their belief system that they are getting some sort of life force out of this yes it's you know just a quote-unquote it's a preference or disease a mental order whatever you want to call it but at the same time the occult beliefs surrounding this is that they're gaining some kind of youth energy if i'm not mistaken Yes, I think there might be, as always with these things, there's sort of the, you know, more believable stuff that you can prove with like articles and stuff as to why they might be doing some of it, which is like I found articles about how they've taken DNA and blood from teens and injected it into mice and made the mice younger again. So you see all these celebrities like Kim Kardashian doing the vampire facial and stuff like that, so smearing themselves in blood and things, I think they think is one of these sort of life extension type technologies to make themselves look younger. And then sort of on the spiritual side of this, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, you have the satanic rituals going back throughout history where, you know, something's feeding off the energy that they are trying to get from this. And there's all types of really strange sort of connections to that when you look into you know the bohemian grove and that photographer they made a movie about with uh johnny depp i'm drawing a blank on the name right that was probably the photographer there and that sort of adrenal gland thing they extract from people and i, I don't know there's just there's a lot of uh, there's scientific reasons as to why they might be doing it because that drug they get when they torture someone right to the point of death and then they die there's some sort of drug they can extract that they can take that gives them like these crazy hallucinate uh, hallucinations but there's also um the spiritual aspect as we've you know been talking about which is like you know these demonic entities and stuff they do feed off like the electromagnetic field but they probably also feed off other frequencies of vibrations as well which would probably be you know like the fear and just that type of thing that's just created when they do these horrible acts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I was I was going to ask, and you may have answered it to the best of your ability so far, which is, has there been any more uh, 
occult-based uh, evidence or circumstantial evidence that has come out. I know when it first um, came out, there was uh, um, the connection with the uh, artist who was, you know, outwardly pretty satanic, or at least occult at the very least. Um, I, thought, was I throwing- thought she was um, she was a victim. I think of SRA or something, or or or, uh, or of, of child abuse or sexual. Well, she abuse. was this spirit cooking lady. Oh, you're talking about Marina Abramovich. Abramovich. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the yeah. uh, the actual painter of the paintings in Comet. Comet. Oh Comet. no, yeah, no. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I mean, I haven't even heard much about that. But specifically in the occult sense, has there been any more? evidence come out to suggest that this is um a cult uh motivated but it seems like you you kind of have a mixed theory on that that the the occult thing has something to do with it but it's more about controlling uh diplomat well not diplomats but just people in power yeah, I mean, there's tons of occult references when you go through all the people who are connected to this Instagram. So I covered that in the first documentary I did um, way back when, the one that got yanked off of YouTube. Uh, it's back up there now. But when it got pulled, it had like, you know, on my channel, about 270,000 views. On another channel, 400-something thousand. And on other channels, it was like over a million views combined when you add them all together. And then it disappeared, and now it's stuck at like 30,000 views. But in that, I went through and took screenshots of all the people that were like around Alphantis, all these different Instagram accounts. And basically, every one of them was doing the one-eye symbolism. They had masks on that looked like they were at OTO-type things. A lot of the people were covered in blood. There was the Rachel Chandler lady who had a modeling agency set up with this uh, other kid that I put in the film, I can't remember his name right now, but <clears throat> in their modeling agency photos, they had all young males that were basically naked as far as you could tell in the photos. And a lot of them had like blood covering themselves in a cross type shape. Um, there was, oh God, just so much stuff that if you go back and watch the documentary, you'll see just how many of these people are clearly showing the satanic imagery in the pizza brains stuff i just covered in part two he was putting stuff up like you know aluma or aluma pizza or something like that like making fun of the whole or something yeah yeah, pizza minati or something like that and you know these guys were like clearly if you go through that guy's instagram account you see all types of occult references on the box art where you have the pedo symbol itself you have these like horned creature looking things that look just like the horned creature things that were at the goddard tunnel thing over in europe near cern that opened up Uh, and i saw that same horned creature looking thing in comet ping pong on the wall mural art that i included in part two of the documentary and in that wall mural in comet ping pong in the basement you have like the horned goddess looking things holding severed heads. Oof. So that's so, maybe, yeah. So the answer is yes. For the satanic symbolism in this case, you're going to find an overwhelming amount of it so much so <laughs> that 
you, I literally had to cut it out of the documentary because it's just there's just too like, much of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so there we uh, go. Cernunos is that horned god. It's a Celtic god. Fertility, life, animals, wealth, and the underworld. So makes sense. You know. They, oh yeah. In the underworld stuff, they made the reference to Moloch Machine on Jimmy Comet's Instagram. And Moloch Machine is that machine in the movie Metropolis that's underground that basically, you know, they sacrifice people to. And that was another thing that came out on vote was underneath all of these properties owned by Alphantis that would be underneath Pegasus Museum, Transformer Art Gallery, and under Comet Ping Pong and Box is what are well-documented in the Smithsonian as Dr. Dwyer's Catacombs, which was built by the Smithsonian. And it just so happens that Al Fantas's properties are all over that catacomb system. Wow. Wow. And uh, you talk Smithsonian, you're talking about the covering up of the giants. Uh, they're also affiliated with uh, CBS. CBS with the one-eye corporate logo there i mean this is all it's it's all just right in your face the whole time it's been in our face that's how they that's roll, the man. crazy thing isn't it that they just posted this all right out in the public yeah thinking that they hide it in plain sight and no one would ever figure it out yeah that's that's and it took us so long it did it, they, it, it took they us were it took hiding in plain. It yeah it did take a wikileaks thank goodness for wikileaks Apparently, that's a Assange seems like he's alive, so that's a good thing, right? Apparently, I think he yeah, just started his own Twitter. That. He did a uh, he did a BTC hash live on a Ask Me Anything session, which is basically impossible to forge. Okay, good. So that's that's confirmed because I know a lot of people were concerned about that, especially when uh, WikiLeaks the Twitter account kind of went weird and and all that. So, um, what are your thoughts with him? Do you think he's another controlled insider or do you think he's uh someone that's actually trying to get truth out there and really trying to do a genuine job with it well he's called wiki leaks because he leaks stuff that government agents give to him basically everything that he's leaked has come from insiders right um i did a documentary called the clinton body count which was pretty popular and in that i talk about how you know his lawyer was killed by them um you have seth rich or seth conrad rich who was probably killed uh that probably leaked a lot of this information that's coming out now to them so i mean i don't know they, their stance on stuff like 9-11 makes me question them he's like basically said that 9-11 conspiracy people are you know retarded or i can't remember the exact words but he's pretty much sick of 9-11 conspiracy theorists so that makes me question them instantly because there's absolutely no way you can convince me that 9-11 was not, you know, something other than, you know, planes crashing into buildings. Right. You know, yeah. I work with jet fuel every day. I know the flashpoint temperatures of jet fuel. I know what's possible and I know what's not possible. And I, you know, you can't convince me otherwise. So in terms of Assange and all that, he's 100% accurate so far, so you can't really question anything he's put out. He's basically a limited hangout, in my opinion, like Edward Snowden, who I personally believe was an allowed leak to basically install what's called the Hawthorne psychological effect, 
which is where it's like the panopticon from George Orwell, where when right. people think they're being watched, they actually perform differently. Right. They, they self censor themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that. And I'm not sure what the end game for Assange is. I don't know if he's totally legit or not. All I know is so far he's totally legit. Right. So. Well, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just have to, to see. But I mean, other than his opinion on 9-11, he's legit. That's what I got to say about that. Right. Well, he hasn't gotten the correct leak documents for 9-11, apparently. Maybe that's that's the problem. Or maybe they don't, they don't want him to know. He, he missed the 28 pages. Um, <laughs> maybe he so, can't see his eyes. What's <laughs> I mean, he's got to fund WikiLeaks somehow. Maybe that's like the one that he's getting paid to uh yeah disinfo on yeah yeah we'll see um okay so you're working on the third installment of your pizzagate documentary yeah that's where i am right now Just when trying you, to uh when you drop in dog uh, <laughs> as soon as i'm done i don't know when you gotta have, drop uh, that fire <laughs> excuse me i have a one-year-old at home so time is limited <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. Late late night phone calls are actually fine by me because this is generally when I'm working on stuff, anyways. But I'll try to get it done as soon as possible so I can take a little break from covering PizzaGate for a little bit and just do some more less disgusting topics for like a couple weeks, unless something happens. You got to take a little break. I I totally understand it. Yeah, that's that's part of the thing. Also, I think most people can't handle the truth with this, I literally can't handle the truth, especially in, 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 you know, if they start looking into it, they're not used to this kind of thing. Number one, they're already conditioned to not believe this, you know, that people can be so evil. Uh, secondly, it is pretty disturbing. It, the longer you watch this stuff, all those things combined is probably why, you know, kind of ebbs and flows, but I, I'm hoping that there's some more news that breaks some positive stuff for the community. And, um, I would like to see justice at some level. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing James Oliphantus arrested. He seems like a really arrogant, uh, <laughs> just a guy that, that I don't know. He seems like a bully too, right? I mean, at some level, isn't he, uh, I don't know. I guess we can revisit. You already covered this at the beginning, but can he get indicted for just his threats to people alone? Or is that not enough of a, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, here's one situation that's going on. The hacker that uh, submitted the data I told you guys about um, right. in that video, I showed his truck got totaled by someone and the police actually were able to catch that person. So there's a police report for that. And his lawyers looking at if there's any connections between that person and the persons of interest in this Pizzagate case. And also... Uh, a couple days ago, someone was standing across the street from his house wearing camouflage and then was later caught at like two o'clock in the morning in his neighbor's houses in the bushes by the police. And I have the uh, news article uh, about that. The only reason I didn't release that news article is, is because it says the name of the town where the hacker lives in the oh, news yeah. article. So I didn't want to put that out there just because I wanted to help protect him. But that has happened as well. And his lawyer is going to look into who that guy is connected to because that guy came from a neighboring state 
and lives like literally right next door to a Mormon, basically CIA connected church. So there's, you know, there's, yeah, this Alphantis guy is a bully. He's going around threatening people. I've personally been, you know, threatened by not him himself, but by countless other people. When the false flag thing broke, I had people coming on my, you know, Facebook and stuff saying, you know, you're responsible for all this. Like, you know, I ordered that guy to go down there and do this and stuff. And Alphantis has gone around basically calling us all, you know, problems and trying to make himself out to be the victim. And yeah, I think he absolutely should be. I mean, we need an official explanation for all this stuff from someone because his gaslighting interviews where he's sitting there showing duping delight the entire interview with Megyn Kelly. I mean, who smiles about this type of stuff? while they're being interviewed about their place getting, you know, shot up by someone for what he thinks is false accusations, I would be pissed. I wouldn't be sitting there smiling like the American psycho. You know, right. I mean, it's right. crazy. <laughs> yeah, wow. that was a little bizarre. And that was um yeah, Megan Kelly really showed her colors there too with the the hard hitting questions uh to James Elephantis in that particular interview. But yeah, you know, I, I suppose we can go on and on about this stuff. I think you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. What are your recommendations for people who may want to do this, but may, may want to start it, you know, another outlet because YouTube right now is kind of, you know, like we talked about, it's kind of not really, I don't think that the, the, uh, the future of YouTube is bright for, for truth, for the truth community. But, um, what, what do you suggest people who not just want to learn about this stuff, but perhaps want to get into, you know, actually the research end of it? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, the research side, Steemit, has been my best source for the research. So I would suggest anyone that really wants to get into that side of it, go over there and join Steemit, and then start reading the other articles people have posted. And then you go out and do your own research and post on there, and people like me will see it. And if it's really good quality stuff, I will make a video about it and raise awareness for it and, you know, the sub base that I'm building and the viewership that I'm building will just continue to grow and we'll just continue to try to raise awareness because there's this thing in I'm a political scientist uh, by education. I have a degree in poli sci. So in there, they talk about this thing called reaching a critical uh, mass, which is technically 5% of the population. And if you can reach that in awareness on any subject, then there's no way for anyone to stop it from reaching everyone else. So basically, if we can just get that 5% of the public to know about Pizzagate in an educated way, then start educating everyone else, then we can get awareness to a point that we can force the authorities to actually make arrests and put people like Alephantis in jail if he's guilty after a trial and things like that. All right. Sounds good. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, Titus Frost, check him out on uh, YouTube. Check him out on, what was the name of the other places you're posting? Uh, I have a blog on Steemit under Titus Frost as well. Um, on my YouTube channel, uh, there, every video I put in the description of the video, all the various social media platforms I'm on. I have like seven different social media platforms because anything that pops up that's 
alternative I jump on just to help support it. Absolutely. Well, good. Go do it. Titus Frost, he's got all the information that you need to know about Pizzagate, keeping it, uh, keeping it up to date. Uh, certainly some stuff that uh, I had not heard of or seen before. If you want to get up to date on the Pizzagate stuff, go check it out. And uh, number video number three or part three of the documentary is going to be coming soon. Titus, thanks so much, buddy, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me on. I've been huge fans of your guys' show from the very beginning of my awakening. So it's really an honor to be able to talk to you guys. Well, there you have it, folks. Really hope you enjoyed that. Guns, you know what? I was a little apprehensive to keep talking about Pizzagate, but I, I you were right, man. You I told were you. right. I told you, you there's told more. Me. There's a you lot. You totally of st- told me. It's actually more legit now than, than when we first talked about it. Well, see, that's why I'm so stoked about it. The fact that the the investigation and the conversation has not ceased and, in fact, is, has just gotten stronger, um, albeit maybe there's less people in general spreading it around, talking about it in the open, but uh, people have really stuck with it and really uh, brought it to a whole nother level. So I'm pretty confident that if this continues, we can actually start seeing some real things happening. Yeah, and Titus was mentioning there the critical mass of 5%. That's approximately 16 million, uh, at least America, 16 million Americans. So uh, that's a lot. I think it's possible. It's possible. I think it's possible. I think so. I think we're maybe at, what, 10,000, 20,000? Talking, talking about us? 30,000? I would say, like, close to 40 million. So, uh, if all the <laughs> listeners here... <laughs> if just half of you guys... <laughs> we, it's just the, yeah, the the, uh, the country no. of Uruguay, they all listen to us. Um I don't know that. I don't know if that's the population. Sorry, Uruguay. If anybody in Uruguay is listening, send send us an email. Share us with your friends. Um, okay. Well, so thank you guys so much. And again, we apologize for the the long delay in getting episodes out. But uh, to keep you sated, you should go to Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, the RSS feed is available. It's on iTunes. It's all over the place. We're also posting it on Facebook. It's a little bit shorter of a show, but we do do it every week, and we're pretty faithful with that. So um, make sure to go do that. That'll get your your fix uh, for the truth every single week uh, to hold you over in between these Canary Cry radio episodes, of which we have more coming up. We've got uh, we, we've got guests scheduled for the next few weeks, and so you can look forward to more Canary Cry radio coming out. Now, um, if you want to support Canary Cry radio, make sure to go leave a rating and a review, some stars, maybe some words, telling people why you just just love the show so much and it's really important that you do so uh, because that tells the itunes robots and all the other robots on the internet to share the show with the rest of the world um, as i stated before if you are feeling called if canary cry radio uh, simply has touched your life if you gain any edification or education or just makes you think deeper than you have before or keep you apprised to things going on that you just uh, kind of let fall by the wayside 
Uh, you can support us financially by going to canarycryradio.com slash support. You can sign up for a monthly donation. Uh, but, you know, if, if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time donation. And um, that's really going to help us get out these episodes quicker. Uh, here's something that I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, at the current state that things are at i'm looking at a spreadsheet here uh under one percent of canary cry radio listeners uh support the show financially so i just wanted to be transparent about that if uh if people out there are thinking oh well you know i'll let somebody else uh, help these guys out then um that's fine totally fine but if you want to join the one percent who are the supporting 1%. the show yeah if you want to join the one percent and, and help support the show financially um that would just be awesome uh, and if you can't that's fine you know I, I got my daily bread here it's literally bread and i get it on the daily <laughs> uh but <laughs> But if that's uh, how you're feeling called, go to canarycryradio.com slash support. It's a, a, you can pay by PayPal. They take cards, all that sort of stuff. Um, and if you want to send us a treasure chest filled with Bitcoin, um, it will, you just hit us up with an email. We'll tell you which tree to leave it by in the park. Which, by and the way, you can print Bitcoin. They have papers now where you can print it out and actually, uh, ironically, put bitcoin on paper which is more safe than in the digital form uh, that's awesome it's going back to paper man <laughs> there we go there we go can never anyway, beat it um, all right i, I do want to say thank you to all of our supporters and i feel like i say this every episode only because it's you know it, it's been a rough patch of getting episodes out of canary cry radio but um i do want to just remind everybody who are supporters thank you we appreciate it and thank you for being patient through the uh, the month, I guess, the month of January where we didn't publish anything. So, um, yeah, yeah, we appreciate oh, it. And for those of you who um, became supporters and are waiting for your, your USB drive, send an email. Let me know if you got it or not, because it has been a running theme that these USB drives are just, uh, they're either being intercepted or, I don't know, I have wrong addresses or something. Um, but I know I've, there are many people who I've sent out uh, upwards of two or three of these things, and um, they have not gotten there. So maybe they're running a scam on me trying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get all of our USB drives or it's they're just not getting it. I know. So, um, and, and there are still, well, we got, we, we have a batch available. Um, you'll see that if you sign up for $15 a month, uh, you, we will send you one of these. And if, if they keep getting intercepted in the mail, I, I don't know what to do. We're going to have to, we will you got to order. We'll have to we'll, do like a, either we'll make it a download. Maybe uh, we could. Yeah. Or we can, you know, we can give it to people. We can, uh, trade it with folks to the point where it gets into the hands of who it needs to get into, you know? That's true. I'll just start passing them out, just throwing them out in the street with um, directions. Name. <laughs> with directions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start tying them to homing pigeons. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so you can send your homing pigeons to Gonza's house. The storks. And, uh, the storks can deliver the. Uh, the USB yeah, I don't know if the listeners know our obsession with the storks movie, um, <laughs> but check it out. Uh, <laughs> form of uh, wolf bridge wolf bridge right. genetically modified babies you got all yeah, that stuff uh wolf submarine um okay all right i think that's it you uh, ready guns you I ready think for so. bed uh yes i am definitely ready for bed uh, i will say check out face like the sun youtube channel check out the joy spiracy theory 
what else? What else are we involved and Gons, in? Gons has a boy, a boy, has a baby coming. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, uh, she's, there's she's that. arriving. The, the warrior, yes. the warrior It's princess. not a boy. It's a girl. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know. Keep in mind, you want to join the 1%. We got, we got more mouths to feed here <laughs> at the Canary. <laughs> maybe, maybe order. this will deteriorate into, uh, me begging. That will I know. Be good. I, know. I know. I'll start, I'll have to start having babies if that, uh, that gets people to <laughs> support the show. Gosh. <laughs> You're kidding. terrible. That is a terrible, no, terrible plan. I know. It's just a big joke. We're just joking around here on Canary already. All right. So, uh, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you're tuning again. We got we got stuff coming. Yep. We got coming down the pike. Yep. Pike? Pike? Things pike. are coming down the pike. That people say that, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until you do, think outside the cage. <laughs>